Oh my gosh, I am so excited you are here. Do you know why? I'm going to invite you to a party. Don't worry, it'll be COVID safe. We are having a 50th podcast episode party. I'm so excited. This is the 50th episode of the Mental Health and Wealth Show, and we have a solo episode with moi sharing some of my reflections on the past year and a half of the podcast, as well as some tips to get you through Mental Health Awareness Month. Enjoy, and thank you so much for being a subscriber to the show. The Mental Health and Wealth Show. The Mental Health and Wealth Show. The Mental Health and Wealth Show. Thank you so much for listening to the Mental Health and Wealth Show. This is host Melanie Locker. And first of all, I want to acknowledge that you are brave and amazing for being here. Getting ready to listen to a show about mental health and money is not easy, and I know you are ready for these amazing conversations. But before you listen, I want to let you know that all of my content is based on my own personal experience with mental health and money, as well as the experiences and expertise of my guests. I'm not a mental health professional or a financial professional, so content should not be considered professional, medical, or financial advice. As a trigger warning, please note that content on the show may include sensitive topics around mental health and suicide. So if you're currently in distress, please get in touch with a professional by texting HOME to 741-741. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. This is Melanie Lockhart, host of the Mental Health and Wealth Show. And today I am excited to share that this is my 50th podcast episode. I'm so excited to share because now the Mental Health and Wealth Show is officially bingeable. For people that are new here, you can go back and listen to all of the podcast episodes. We are now publishing weekly as of 2021, and it has been such an exciting and fun journey. For people who are not so familiar with my story, I started out in the finance space about eight and a half years ago in January 2013 paying off $81,000 in student loan debt. And I started my blog because I was so deeply depressed about my student loan debt and felt like I couldn't find a full-time job to pay it back. I felt like I was worthless because I had so much debt and I couldn't afford to pay back my loans. And I felt so much anxiety and depression and just lack of self-worth because of this debt and me sharing my story on the internet and through my blog completely changed the trajectory of my entire life. It turned into a freelance writing career, which I've been full time self-employed for about seven years now. So (laughs) quite a long time. And through the blog, I've been able to meet so many people and I wrote a book called Dear Debt in 2016, and throughout all of my years being much more active on Dear Debt, this topic of money and mental health kept coming up again and again and again, and to the point that people would Google, I want to kill myself because of debt and finding my blog, and that is something I still deal with every single week. I respond to comments and emails from people all over the world who are feeling like they're at the end of their ropes because of debt. And I understand when you feel like your whole life is just to make money to pay back a debt. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, definitely in other interviews, but paying back debt can feel so depressing because you are paying for your past. 
you're not paying for your future. You're not even paying for your present. You're paying for something that has already happened. And so it can get us into that stuck place where we're trying to move forward in our lives, but literally our money is paying for something in the past. And it feels like our time is not ours. And really what woke me up from my kind of funk with debt was when I moved from New York City to Portland, Oregon, because I felt like I was forced to make that decision because I couldn't afford to live in New York and pay my student loans. And so when you feel like you are forced into a decision because of money, it really takes away your agency and your power, and that can have detrimental effects to your mental health. And so Throughout all of this, these conversations kept happening. And so I launched this little old podcast in January 2020 because I knew that these topics have been so important for so many years. And I wanted to really share these conversations with other people. And it's so funny because I never thought in a million years I would start a podcast. I thought, I'm just going to, you know, hide behind my screen, be a writer. No one needs to really know about me. But Actually, I'm an extrovert and having these conversations has been so invigorating and so worthwhile. And I feel like I have found my purpose. And I actually had a friend tell me, you know what, Melanie, I feel like you turned your pain into your passion. And I love that because I really feel like I did take these formative experiences of me getting into so much debt making such a low income, being on food stamps briefly, and really feeling like I don't want to do this anymore. And I need to figure this out so that I'm financially free and so that I have my own choices. Right. And it's just been such an interesting journey and to share this space with all of the listeners. It's been such a wonderful ride. This week that I'm recording, we are actually having our Mental Health and Wealth Summit, the inaugural summit, which I'm super excited about. It's been so fun and fantastic and also invigorating. For people that aren't familiar, I have hosted Lola Retreat events, which are women and money events, for the past four years prior to COVID. But obviously, COVID has kind of put a halt on IRL events. And I wanted to host something online where people can access and make it financially accessible to people with a sliding scale option and also some scholarships. And we've had such amazing sessions on releasing money blocks, releasing money shame, transforming our money mindset, and also using breath work as a way to calm our nervous system. And so that's also something that I have learned so much over the past few years in my own healing journey is the ability for ourselves to calm our own nervous system, right? Because when we are dealing with the fight or flight feelings, when we're dealing with high anxiety, that's that feeling in your nervous system that feels really icky. It's really hard to sit with, but when you can breathe through it and use the power of the breath, that is amazing. So one of the tools that Jason Vitug taught us, by the way, check out his episode. It's amazing is box breathing. And so I believe it was four breaths in, hold for four counts, and four breaths out. So just do that again and again and again. Four breaths in, four breath hold, four breath out. And just doing that has been really transformative. And Nicole Garner-Scott also taught us about alternative nostril breathing. So you put your thumb on your right nostril, and breathe in through your left 
and then you switch off and breathe and exhale through alternate nostrils. And it's very invigorating and very relaxing. And it's a free and frugal way that you can heal your nervous system and calm yourself down. I know, you know, (laughs) for many years, I would calm myself down with alcohol. As a lot of my listeners know, about a year ago, when I was recording the episode with Tani Laura, I was actively reevaluating my relationship with alcohol. Like many people, I started drinking quite a lot during the pandemic and just started to realize this history, this pattern of, I tend to drink a lot when I'm stressed out, when I'm depressed. And also there's a history of alcoholism in my family and there's a history of mental illness in my family. And it all just became super clear to me that I was playing with fire. And so I was so happy that I was able to take significant breaks last year for a few months at a time and then ultimately up to six months without drinking. And then I have had a few drinks here or there and I realize I just don't feel the same or I don't enjoy it as much. And it's been so beautiful to get to this place where a year ago I was drinking maybe five or six times a week and feeling like I don't want to be doing this anymore. I don't feel good. And then I was thinking, ah, oh, if I could only get into this place of drinking once a week, I would feel so much better. And then I tried to drink like once a week when I started drinking again. And I was like, I don't feel good. I don't like this. And I feel like this is too much. And seeing that growth has been so amazing to go from this place of, I wish I can stop drinking so much. That would be amazing if I could cut back to just once a week. And then a year later to try once a week and be like, this doesn't feel right either. I think this is too much. And ultimately to be in this place where I feel like I have a completely different relationship with alcohol now where I don't need it. I don't desire it. You know, before it was very much like, something stressful happens, something depressing happens. I have an automatic trigger, an automatic impulse. I need this chemical depressant to help me get through it. And that was just a pattern that I had gone through for years and years and years. And it's so beautiful to break that pattern and to get on the road of healing where that's not even my first, second, or third option that I go to now. When I'm stressed or depressed, I meditate. I take a bath. I I love baths, by the way. I'm that type of person who takes a scorching hot bath for like an hour or two and just reads in there and like gets all wrinkly and (laughs) toasty and I come out sweating because I'm so hot, but it's so relaxing and I love it so much. And also I have to say that I have tried CBD gummies, which has really helped my anxiety and helped me stop drinking. So CBD is the non-psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. So I know a lot of people are familiar with THC. They may have you know, preconceived notions about marijuana, which you're entitled to have whatever your opinion is about that. But CBD is the non-psychoactive ingredient. So you don't get any kind of high. And I've used it to help myself stop drinking so much. And it's really helped my anxiety. So a year ago, (laughs) at the height of the pandemic, when we were still so unsure about everything and where things were going, I couldn't go into a Trader Joe's without taking a Xanax because I would tremble and I would cry and I would be so freaked out just imagining germs on me. And to be able to go into a store again, to be able to feel like my nervous system 
is calm, to be able to have something that is not alcohol help me has been so amazing. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about my journey the past, you know, year, year and a half with this podcast. And it's been so amazing to see my own growth through this podcast and through all the interviews. And I want to remind you that wherever you are is okay. And that you are entitled to growth and you are entitled to your big wild dreams. And I also want to say that healing and growth is not linear at all whatsoever. So two examples, like I said, I stopped drinking fully for about six months and then I had a triggering professional setback that just made me question my worthiness. And I ended up drinking two glasses of wine and I felt so incredibly bad that I broke down in that one instance, but it actually wasn't just one thing. You know, I happened to think like, Oh, it was this one thing that happened. And it was like, actually you didn't drink during the holidays. You didn't drink during the insurrection. You didn't drink during the election. (laughs) You didn't drink during, uh, these professional setbacks that it was just all these things coming at once. And so when I look at it in, in that bigger context, it was like, okay, it was all of these things. It wasn't just this one thing. And usually we like to attribute it to one thing, but it's usually never just one thing. And then also, okay, I had two glasses of wine, but to be honest, old me might've had three or four. So that was already a huge growth for me. And also I stopped therapy in September of last year because I was feeling good. And I honestly wasn't really having anything to talk about. And I also went six months without therapy. And then a couple months ago, I was feeling like stressed and some old kind of issues in my previous relationship and, and other parts of healing, you know, realizing that I had some more attention to give to those things. And I decided to go back to therapy for a few months. And so I called my therapist and said, I want to chat about some things that are coming up for me. And it was just great to be back in that healing spot. And all of this to say that it can be easy to be like, I'm not drinking anymore. I quit therapy. I'm better. And it's going to stay this way forever. And that is completely illogical. It's not rational. It's not the way life goes. Like we have lives, we have experiences, we have trauma that comes and goes and healing is not linear. And sometimes these things can come up at very inopportune times. And sometimes it can be difficult to deal with because when you are coming across something from many years ago that's affecting you much later. You start to have these questions like, but I thought I was over it. Like, why am I still thinking about this? Why is this concerning me? And that is trauma. Trauma has lasting effects. And also, let's not forget, we've been in a very um, stressful year. We've experienced a lot of trauma this past year, year and a half that we're going to be dealing with in different ways for years to come. It'll be interesting to see how that affects people individually as well as the collective. But there's no doubt about it that we have been through extreme trauma this past year, everything that we have witnessed. And so all of that to say that healing and grief happens on its own time. It's not something that you can rush. If you're you know, thinking about things that happened four years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, I don't want you to feel bad. That just means there's more light that needs to be shed on these topics, that there's more information that needs to be learned. And I want you to get curious about your emotions. And that's one of the best things that I 
have really tried to implement this past year is instead of being like, oh, why am I so anxious or why am I so upset or why am I so depressed and judging myself and judging the judging, I just try to let my emotions be and get curious. What are my emotions trying to tell me? What are my emotions saying needs to change? What things are not being met, right? We don't need to label emotions as good or bad. They are our internal alarm systems that will let us know that something is wrong. And this also goes, um, this also goes for your body as well. And so I want you to think about any physical pains that you might be coming across, any headaches. So definitely check out the physical pain and emotional trauma episode that was released a few weeks ago. Just an example right before my breakup of nine years, I was getting really sick. I was having tons of headaches. I was having all sorts of issues. And I realized much later that sometimes the body knows before the mind does. So get curious about the things that are happening in your mind and body and just be open to whatever it's telling you. And don't judge yourself for any kind of things that you're experiencing. You're, you're human. You're allowed to have feelings and All of these things are incredibly tough and you are so brave and I hope you continue on your journey with mental health and wealth and I hope you also start tracking your abundance. So this is something that I mentioned in last week's mental hump newsletter. If you are not subscribed, go to mentalhealthandwealth.com and get on the mental hump newsletter. But I talked about how this practice of tracking abundance has really revolutionized my money mindset and also just my happiness just the past few months. And so I have this practice called abundance tracker and I start tracking little moments of abundance. And so for example, last week, my health insurance premium went down. I got a food gift card from someone that didn't want it. My good friend, Miranda Markwit, who runs a freelance writing course called freelance writing Academy sponsored some scholarships from the mental health and wealth summit. And These were amazing moments of abundance for me. And I'm like, look at that. That is so amazing. And I I also want you to start tracking abundance that might not have a monetary route. So if you have 30 minutes to yourself, that's time abundance. If you're going through a hard time and a friend is there for you to listen, that's social abundance. If you have a lot of work right now and you're doing well, that's professional abundance. Like start noticing the things that you do have, because I think it's so easy for us to default to this mindset of, I will never have enough money. I will never have enough time. I will never have enough X, Y, Z fill in the blank. And there's this constant focus on lack, but what we pay attention to accrues like interest. So if we want to have a better money mindset, we need to pay attention to the moments of abundance Because the more abundance we start tracking, the more we're going to see, the more we're going to attract, and we're just going to feel better. And, you know, I think one of the most revolutionary podcast episodes that I've had during this whole year and a half run was with Ken Honda, you know, all about money mindset. And one of the quotes that I use again and again is, if you think you have enough, you do. And that statement is so grounding for me. And I use it as a money mantra now because it's like, yeah, it's really just in my mind if I have enough. And you know what? In this moment I do, because in this moment I have shelter, I have food, I have health, I have money and savings. I have love. I have my family. I have my friends. 
what other things do I need? I mean, really, what other things do I need? It's important, you know, to acknowledge that, yes, I I am ambitious and I want to have a certain number of net worth, X, Y, Z, but also I don't need to stress myself out over this. I don't need to depress myself, like worrying anxiously about all of these things. And I can just acknowledge that I have enough in this moment. And also me being healthy in the time of COVID, that is incredibly wealthy. That's a different kind of wealth. And I want you to recognize that as well, because so many people have unfortunately lost their lives to this horrible pandemic this past year and a half. And if you came out of this alive and healthy, I don't want you to mention your weight or any, or how much you did or didn't get done. None of that is relevant. If you came out healthy and okay, you're still here. That's a miracle. That is health, that is wealth on a different level because even all the money in the world cannot buy you health. Yes, you know, money can buy health foods, health supplements, a gym membership. So it can be used for your health in some kind of ways, but there are just some diagnoses that are life altering that money can't change. I mean, if you've known anyone with a cancer diagnosis, you know, you might know someone that's, they've always exercised or they've always eaten healthy. And suddenly they have this life altering thing that came out of nowhere. Money can't save everyone in that situation. And it's horrible. And so I'm just mentioning that because I think it's important that we are aware of how wealthy we actually are when we are healthy. (laughs) This is the mental health and wealth show. And so want to just acknowledge being mentally healthy, physically healthy, that makes you really wealthy in so many ways that money can and cannot buy. And so I want you to acknowledge that. And the last thing I wanted to kind of leave you with is this kind of new methodology (laughs) that I have created and thought about for myself when I'm going through situations that feel hard, when I'm dealing with difficult emotions. So number one is to be aware. So be aware of what the emotions are that are coming up? What what are you experiencing right now? Because a lot of us are just on autopilot. I know before my healing journey, I wasn't aware of, of my emotions or why things were the way they were, why I felt, you know, certain things. And I just didn't question the way things were. But when you become aware of your emotions, things start to shift in your life. And then once you become aware, you notice, oh, that's a thought. I am sad because of X. I want you to acknowledge and validate. So you can, you know, say, you know what? I am sad because of this thing. And I acknowledge that and it's okay to be sad. And then I want you to assess what you need to do to move forward. Do I need to take a hot bath right now because I need to be alone and de-stressed? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to meditate? Do I need to do some breathing exercises? Do I need to just go watch Netflix for a while? Do I need to reach out to a friend? Do I need to go to a boxing class, a dance class? Do I need to watch some funny cat videos on YouTube? Do I need to listen to a fun playlist to get me in a different mood? Like, what do you need to do to make yourself feel better in this moment? And so really, you know, start with awareness, then acknowledgement, and then assessment. And I want you to really honor yourself and what your needs are and make feeling good your full-time job. I know you think you have a full-time job as your career, but 
really your job is to be a human. Your job as a human should be to feel good as much as possible because we know life is hard. We know life is not always going to be, you know, rainbows and sunshines. Definitely not. So when you are feeling good, enjoy that. And when you're not feeling good, how can you try to reset the balance point and get back to the feeling good, right? So I really want you to start thinking about feeling good as your job. That is your job as a human being is to feel good about yourself, is to continue to heal from everything that has happened to you. And that is your own personal journey. I don't want you to compare yourself to anybody else because we're all on different mental health and wealth journeys. I know, as you can see from all of the podcast interviews we've had on the show, I've had people, you know, who have declared bankruptcy, have been deep in debt and, you know, people who are very wealthy and financially independent and all of them are dealing with so many different issues. And I think it's important to acknowledge that nobody comes out of life unscathed. So anybody that you're admiring right now thinking, oh, I wish I had their life, like they have this, that, or the other, they're dealing with some other stuff that you probably don't want. Just everyone has their different pile of crap that we're dealing with, okay? So just acknowledge that. And I hope that you have enjoyed this show. I really appreciate all of my listeners and If you want to help celebrate the Mental Health and Wealth Show, as well as celebrate the Mental Health and Wealth Summit with me for this Mental Health Awareness Month, I would really love it if you could subscribe and review my podcast. That will help me reach more people and get this message out. And I also want to say that you are so brave for being here and that you are the trailblazers. I I have to admit that getting this podcast out there has not been easy and My boyfriend always reminds me that these topics are still taboo. And so it's still hard to reach the masses because so many people don't want to even acknowledge this stuff quite yet. And so sometimes I feel like I'm shouting into the void. Sometimes I wonder, is my stuff even helping people? Is anything I do even matter? And that's when I start getting in my own head and my own mental health. And, you know, it's, it's been a struggle and building this podcast and building the summit, I've had my tough moments where I've questioned, what am I doing? But then I continue to show up because I know these conversations are important. And I know that we are the trailblazers and that we have to be the first ones to start this conversation. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey. We have some exciting episodes coming up in the next few weeks. And thank you so much for all of your support. I'd love for you to reach out to me, share with me your favorite episode of the Mental Health and Wealth Show. Tag me at Melanie Lockhart. And remember to focus on your mental health and your wealth.